How's it going, folks? How's it going? I'm Brother Matthew, and this is Christian Coffee Time, where we sit down together to study the Word of God. And in this uh, little video, I just want to do a bit of a discussion in regards to what everyone tries to bring up regarding you got to maintain fruit, you got to keep fruit, you got to do works, you got to do this. And they kind of hinge your salvation upon your deeds and all this stuff that if you're not maintaining enough good, righteous works, fruit, whatever, then you're obviously not saved. Um, what does the Bible actually say about this in, in regards to Christianity? Is there truth to this? Uh, does my salvation hinge upon this? If I don't maintain fruit, does that mean I'm not saved? Or what should I do? Well, the the big point of this, when we get down to it, is you see the works-based salvationist, the 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 hyper-religious, the Pharisaical, the legalists. Uh, a lot of these folks, not all, I, I shouldn't generalize too much, but but large portion of these kinds of folks misunderstand what the Bible teaches in regards to sanctification. You see, there's a difference between consecration and sanctification. Consecration is salvation in and of itself, that God consecrates me through Christ and I'm saved, sealed, forgiven. And then sanctification is the walk of the saint with Christ. Now, what does the Bible say about this? What if I don't keep up my sanctification, work at the good works and fruit and all this stuff? Okay, what happens with this? Well, first we have to understand the big difference between sanctification and consecration. Consecration, salvation, is by grace through faith, by belief alone, period. As it flat out says, it's not by works, not by righteous works, not by works of the law. As it says in Galatians, for if there had been a law which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. But we see that by grace, unmerited favor of God, are ye saved through faith, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's, you can't touch it, you can't feel it, it's believing trust. So by unmerited favor, are we saved through believing trust, Ephesians 2, 8, 9. That it's a gift of God, not of works, as any man should boast. And, and Titus 3, 5, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but by his mercy he saved us. By the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. That's the Spirit of God that washes us, cleanses us, seals us, uh, and not ourselves. So our salvation is not hinged upon our works. All right. So therefore, because uh, salvation is not hinged upon our works, you can't lose it. It can't be taken away. You can't recant it because it's not in our hands to affect it. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So that's a whole argument for another time. But what I want to talk about here is the, the act, the idea of maintaining your sanctification. Now, Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. All right, so right there we, ha we have an understanding of, of a want to, not have to. It's not a have to, it's a want to. Have to, I have to, it gives the implication uh, of a threat that if I don't do something that will be taken away, something bad will happen. This is where it comes in, people misunderstand contract versus covenant. Jesus says, this is the blood of the new covenant. This is the new covenant in my blood, not contract. A contract is between two people. I maintain my part, you maintain your part, and we work together for the outcome. But it's a covenant, which is a promise of God made to us, irregardless of us. 
is that he makes a covenant with us that if we believe on him, he will make us his, his children. All right, so sanctification we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. We have an interesting passage here. Look what it says. 1 Corinthians 1, 30. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom, he is our wisdom, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. So 1 Corinthians 1.30 says Jesus Christ is our sanctification. What does that mean? That's because, well, as Scripture says, we have no goodness in us. There's none that doeth good, no, not one. All of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. We can't maintain, keep, or do anything right. If it's left in our own hands, we'd foul it up within five minutes or less. If, if our salvation was in our own hands, we'd damn ourselves to hell in just a few minutes. But we see that as 1 Corinthians 1.30 says, Jesus Christ is our sanctification. The only goodness in us is actually his spirit that is imputed upon us at salvation. Ephesians 1, 7 and 13. So we see that when we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, he seals us, he keeps us, he holds us in his hand, which and no man can pluck you out. That means you can't pluck yourself out either. And so the the aspect of this sanctified walk of the saint, this is just the love of the saint. Because you love the Lord Jesus Christ, because you love him is why you follow him. And it's because when I love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, naturally, instinctually, will come out of me the springs of living water, the, the good works of the saint. Uh, the desire of uh, loving the brethren, uh, helping the sick, the poor, the needy, loving Christ, the praise, the thanksgiving, the desire of prayer and study all this, the desire of, of witnessing, it all comes as a byproduct of our love of Christ. It's not the outward works so much that we focus on, but rather we focus on the inward. As we see in 2 Corinthians, it talks about it's not about the outward man, but it's about the inward. And as we see by Apostle Paul in Romans 7, O wretched man that I am, I can't even do the things I want to do. With the, with the mind, I serve the law of Christ, but with the flesh, I serve the law of sin. So we see that sin will always be there. The opposition, the temptations, the troubles, the trials, the struggles, everything will always be there because of the sin of the flesh but if any man sin we have an advocate with the father jesus christ the righteous and if we confess our sins he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness so it's not about us having to keep and maintain it's not a have to it's a want to i want to serve the lord so here's the question why would you not want to because the works-based salvationist would immediately uh, uh, pipe in there, what are you saying? I just believe in Jesus and go do whatever I want. You know that stupid straw man argument they always use? Well, what does the Bible say? Well, let's look at this. If you love me, so okay, why would you want to go and sin, want to go and do things rebellious against the Lord? Why would you want to fight against the Lord and resist the Lord? Why would you want to do that? That shows a bad heart attitude. This is a, a deeper-rooted problem with you. If you have no conviction of sin, that probably means you have no Holy Spirit within. Because it's the Spirit of God that convicts us of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. It's the Spirit of God that convicts us of the Word of God. So if, if you have no conviction of sin... Hey, question. When did the prodigal son cease to be a son of his father? But rather, we do see down the road conviction about what he'd done and conviction of righteousness, and he got up and returned. So 
All because you don't see something in someone uh, to your standard of what you think sanctification should be doesn't mean that person is not of God. They could be like the prodigal son. They could be struggling with something, and down the road we see them returning. So we're all be so if we're casting people into hell and removing their salvation because we don't see enough good fruit, that just means we're Pharisees and not Christians. Sanctification is of Christ, of the inward man, not the outward. The outward cannot be sanctified. The flesh is not saved. We take a look at, at the dichotomy of the saved soul versus the sinful flesh. The flesh is condemned to die, and I know that in my flesh dwelleth no good thing, as Paul says. The flesh is not saved. The flesh is corrupted by sin and fights us on everything. The flesh is not saved. The soul is. The soul is saved, sealed, held in Christ. The soul cannot be lost. The flesh can. The, uh, we see the two, uh, difference between two books in the book of Revelation of the, uh, of the book of life and the Lamb's book of life. The book of life is those that are, are actually born physically. As Jesus talks about, you're born, of, you're born of water, born of blood. You must be born again. And the, the, in, in thy book of life, all my members are written. Psalms 139, 13 to 16. So we see the book of life of those that are physically alive. The book of the of the Lamb, the the uh, the Lamb's book of life is those that are born again. You can be struck out of the book of life, not the Lamb's book. Your soul cannot lose its salvation, but your flesh can lose its life. This is what the, the Bible talks about here. Salvation cannot be lost because it's the soul that saved, not the flesh. So how can we judge a person's salvation by what we see of the outward? Didn't Jesus say, judge not after the appearance? Think about it. So if we're judging people of the outward appearance of their of their supposed maintaining of fruit and works and all this stuff, isn't that exactly what Jesus said not to do? But rather, we we judge and study all things, we, we uh, investigate all things by the word of God, by the scriptures. If it contradicts the word of God, we then bring that up. We uh, The saints shall judge the world. The saints judge all things by the word of God. Righteous judgment. And we judge of the heart. We judge the heart we judge the mind we judge we judge the soul by the word of god not the flesh of the outward because the flesh the outward man is always corrupted will always oppose the lord is always in at flaw so we got to make make sure that what we're trying to pay attention to here when in regards to sanctification is the love of christ after the inward man as paul talks about through the through the entirety of first and second corinthians the love of christ after the inward man the the heart the soul the desire inside where the flesh will always oppose us the flesh doesn't want to pray the flesh doesn't want to go to church the flesh doesn't want to witness the flesh doesn't want to do the good things the flesh will fight you and oppose you and all things and not just the flesh but now on top of that we got dogpiling the devils your, your peers and the world and everything else we've dogpiled on this to try to fight you. So we can't judge a person's salvation after what you see, after the outward man, but rather we judge a person's salvation by their confession of Jesus Christ after the inward man, that there will be a desire, there'll be the conviction, the conviction of sin, the conviction of righteousness, and the, a, a, a love of the word of God, a, a desire they want to, but they don't know how. So we want to help them and when we judge, we judge so for the purpose, the point to to elevate them, to uh, to encourage them.
as we see, reprove, rebuke, exhort. So we want to exhort them in Christ so that they'll serve the Lord. We're not just telling people off because we're telling people off because we think they're wrong. But what are we trying to do? Win the, win the soul or win the argument? So a person's salvation, a person's sanctification is judged by their confession of Christ after the inward man. If you're judging a person, whether or not they're a Christian or not, by what you see, what you experience, what you sense, that's flawed. That's not what the Word of God says. It says Jesus Christ is our sanctification. So, how to tell someone's saved? Do you believe on the Lord God Jesus Christ by grace or faith to belief alone or not? Have you told him personally? Have you told him that you, be you believe in what he did? That he died on the cross for our sins. He shed his blood and died, was buried, rose again the third day according to the scriptures. That Jesus is the Christ, the mighty God manifested in the flesh. That if I believe on him, I can be born again saved. Do you believe that? Do you believe that with all your heart? Romans 10, 9 to 10. If you confess the Lord Jesus Christ by the belief of the heart. By the confession of your mouth, by the belief of your heart, you are saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. This is what the Bible says. We're saved by grace, through faith, by belief alone. Not of works, not of righteous works, not by works of the law. So stop judging other people's salvation by what they do or don't do, and rather judge by whether or not they have believed. Because you see in, in Matthew 7, and that many in that day will cry, Lord, Lord. Listen, look, look at what they say. Many cry, Lord, Lord. Have we not done? Have we not done? Have we not done? They were, they were judging their salvation based upon their religiosity. But Jesus, I don't know you. But rather, what do we see? Salvation is by belief alone, by grace through faith alone, not of works. Those that are crying, Lord, Lord, are the, are the uh, works-based salvationists. Those trying to earn their salvation, maintain to keep their salvation. If you think your salvation is hinged upon your deeds, you're lost. Because you're saying that Christ's work, Christ's atonement was insufficient. That you have to help him save you. But rather we see that the works of the saint come as a byproduct of your love of Christ. When you truly, truly love someone, heart, soul, mind, and body, truly love someone, you change for them. You change for it because you love them. And you, and you don't want to hurt them. You don't, you don't want to grieve them. You don't want to betray them. So you do whatever you can to honor them out of love for them. To speak well of them unto others and, and to serve them, to help them. What, why would we not want to do that for the Lord Jesus Christ? So are you saying you just believe in Jesus and just go do whatever you want? No, I wouldn't say that. And no, the Bible doesn't say that. And show me a true born-again Christian that go, goes and does that. So rather, what we see in, in regards to the word of God, Jesus is our wisdom. Jesus is our redemption. Jesus is our righteousness. Jesus is our sanctification. 1 Corinthians 1.30. He is our sanctification because we have none of our own. We have no sanctification of our own. But we walk in the sanctified life. That's the saved life sealed by the Spirit of God as He is our sanctification. He is our goodness. He is our only goodness because we have none. So how could we lose our sanctification? Can't. Because you can't lose Christ. 
If salvation is by grace, through faith, by belief, alone in the Lord God, Jesus Christ, alone and not of works. It's not of righteous works. Titus 3.5, it's not by righteous works. So how could you lose your sanctification if your salvation is not hinged on works in any way, shape, or form? He is our consecration. He is our sanctification. He is our redemption. He is our everything. We are saved because we believed. We're saved because we believed in Christ. What shall I do to be saved? As the jailer said to Paul, what must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Did Paul lie to the jailer? What did Jesus say to Nicodemus? And you must be born again. How can I be born again? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. What, what, what did all of the apostles say? What did Jesus say? What, how to be born again saved? How to be saved? Mark 1.15, the first sermon of Christ. How did he say to be saved? Repent and believe in the gospel. What is repentance? Repentance is not works. Repentance is the heart state acknowledgement of the sin state. As I realize who I am and what I am and what Christ did for me, I don't want that anymore. I want this. It, mean, it means to turn around. It says repent in the name of the Lord Jesus. It gives us a direction. So I stop, turn around, and go in a different direction, but it gives us a direction, Jesus Christ. I don't, I don't want this anymore. I want this. That's repentance in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Repentance isn't works. Faith isn't works. Faith is believing trust. So by grace, the unmerited favor of God, unmerited, that I didn't merit it, I didn't earn it, it's not a reward, I don't deserve it, but he gave it to me anyways because he so loved me. By grace, are you saved through faith? Not works. Not works. Not righteous works. Not works of the law. The entire book of Galatians and Hebrews was written to refute the law-based uh, uh, individuals. The law-based Pharisees say you got to maintain, keep the law to earn your salvation. The entire book of Hebrews and Galatians is written to refute them. Go read it. And we see, as Jesus taught, the disciples taught, the apostles taught, salvation's by grace. You can't lose your salvation. Jesus Christ is our sanctification. Ephesians 1.30. All right, so there's so much that we could go into this. I, I have done uh, big talks on this on uh, previous videos on my YouTube channel. If you want, if you want to know uh, how to get to my YouTube channel, just go to our website, christiancoffeetime.ca. And, and we got links to all our other platforms on there. Take you right over to our, our YouTube channel. And I have a whole playlist uh, discussing uh, uh, once saved, always saved, what the Bible says on this. So, yeah. And uh, the handle, Lauren, says, should Christians still keep the Sabbath to be saved? Your salvation is not hinged upon your doing. Your salvation is not hinged upon your maintaining, your keeping, or anything. Your salvation is based on grace through faith alone in Christ alone. That's what the Bible says. Now, and, and it, it, we see, Jesus says, uh, do this uh, whenever you're come together do this in my name whenever you're come together so we see as in the old testament the priests of god as the bible calls us believer priests the priests of god they didn't just serve the lord one day of the week right they didn't serve the lord just one day of the week uh, they were all day every day plus in addition to we also see in the bible it, call, it talks about the night watch 
priests, the night watch of the temple. And these, these are priests, servants of God, priests of God that work during the night, during the night shift to clean and prepare everything for the day shift priests. So the priests were in the temple working 24 seven, 365, not just one day of the, uh, one day of the week. And the Bible calls us believer priests and living temples. So uh, every single day is our Sabbath. And you notice that the Sabbath law is the only law of the Ten Commandments that is not repeated in the New Testament because it's all day, any day, as we serve the Lord, not just one day of the week. We, we teach people, help people, serve people, we offer up the sacrifices of thanksgiving and praise and, and service and all this stuff. Uh, uh, 24 7, 365, not just one day of the week. So every day is your Sabbath. You could have church Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It doesn't matter. doesn't matter. And your salvation certainly is not hinged upon what you do or don't do. Your salvation is based solely on whether or not you believed in the Lord God Jesus Christ by grace through faith by belief alone. Your salvation is not hinged upon your doing or not doing. It's based upon your believing. That's what the Bible says. So... How do we address these questions? We first got to really understand, according to the Bible, what grace is and what faith is. And there's so many different cults and religions out there that, that uh, corrupt these, that misrepresent these, that don't understand these. The Jehovah's Witnesses, the Mormons, to Roman Catholicism, to uh, Islam, all these, uh, Buddhism, Hinduism, and yes, the Seventh-day Adventists are works-based salvationists. Seventh Seventh-day Adventism is a false gospel religion that teaches you have to maintain works and law in addition to believing in Jesus to earn your salvation. As Ellen, Ellen G. White, the founder of Seventh-day Adventism, was a baptismal regenerationist who also taught what's called uh, the investigative judgment doctrine, that you'll be investigated at the Great White Throne to see if you're worthy enough to enter heaven by your good works and law-keeping. Seventh-day Adventism is a false gospel and is not Christian because they teach a different Jesus and they teach a different uh, way of salvation. The Bible says it's not by works, some they've been to say it is. So there you go. And just like every other religion, you'll notice that only born again Christianity, only born again Christianity is the is the only system in the entire world that's that's by grace alone. The only one. Every single other belief system in the entire world is a works-based system of self-salvation. You have to do something to earn it, gain it, maintain it, self-atone. You have to do something to, to save yourself, whether to atone for your own sins to, or to work away, slave away in a form of servitude of some way to earn your salvation, keep your salvation because it could be lost, taken away, or recanted, or whatever. But the Bible doesn't teach that. So we see... What does the Bible say? The question comes down to salvation. Does it affect your salvation or not? What's the only thing that affects your salvation? Whether or not you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ by Scripture, according to Scripture. Whether or not you've believed. If you have believed on the Lord according to Scripture, you're saved. And first, first John 5.13, that ye may know that ye have eternal life because you have believed. If you believed on the Lord according to Scripture, you're born again saved. If you have not believed on the Lord, you're not saved. That's what that's what Jesus says in John chapter 3, verses 16 to 18. All those who have not believed are condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. You're condemned if you haven't believed, not, not if you haven't worked enough. 
People bring in John 15 about the vine and the branches. Well, if you don't maintain fruit, you're cast. It says, men gather them and they are burned. And it's regards, regards to effectiveness according to the Lord. It doesn't say your soul's taken away. For example, we see in 1 Corinthians 5.5, 5, the individual that will be delivered unto the devil for the, uh, for the destruction of the flesh, but his spirit is still saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Your, your body can be killed, not your soul. Your body is condemned to die. Your body, your flesh is corrupted by sin, not your soul. Your flesh is not saved. Your soul is, Romans chapter 7. So we see that the, the deeds of the fruit affects the outward, not the soul, because the soul is saved regardless. Can Christians sin? Yes. Can Christians do terrible, terrible things? Yes. Can Christians make mistakes? Yes. But will there always be conviction? Yes. If there's no conviction of sin, but even then, wisdom is justified of our children. We give it time because we see the prodigal son showed, showed fruit and showed conviction later on. So we got to wait and pray. Wait and pray. And don't judge after the outward appearance, but judge righteous judgment. You judge after the heart. What does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? So according to the word of God, Jesus Christ is our consecration. He is our sanctification. He holds us despite despite us. So don't worry about, well, that, well, am I saved or not saved because I haven't done enough? Who has done enough? Who has done enough? And, and, and I'll leave you with a final question for all works-based salvationists. How much sin does a person have to commit until they lose their salvation? Show me where that is. God bless.